Isaiah chapter 9. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Good evening. Merry Christmas. I bear a striking resemblance to the person in that video. I did not choose that Christmas jumper, I would like to clarify there. That was given to me by some mischievous young adults in this church. Good evening, my name is Callum, and it's a joy to be here and to sing carols. I'm originally from the States, and my sister, when she came to visit my sister, is a vocal performance. She sings in, in choirs, she sings solos in Handel's Messiah at Christmas time back in the US, and she came to the States at Christmas years ago, and she said, I finally figured out how the Brits emote. They sing at carol services. You guys are in fine voice tonight. It always amazes me, the, the gusto of singing at a carol service. And we've been looking, we saw in this video, what is peace? That is what we're exploring, we want to explore just briefly now. Because Christmas is supposed to be about peace. Peace on earth, goodwill to men and women. We heard in Isaiah chapter 9 the description of Jesus as the Prince of Peace. But what is peace? How would you answer that question? What is peace? And maybe more importantly, how do we get it? How do we get it? It's the 64,000 pound question, as our friend in the video said. I'm not sure how he got that number. I would say it's worth a lot more than that if you could get it. But it's a huge question, because I don't know about you, but I've not had a lot of peace this past year. To be honest, the last few years. It's been rough in the world, hasn't it? It's just me, according to the reactions from you guys. Sorry, I, I'll just emote for a bit for myself, and you can continue emoting by singing. It's been rough. There's been war. There's been uh, rising fuel prices. There has been just everything going on. There's been isolating there's been so much going on in this world that robs us of our peace. How in the world do we have peace? One historian, a British historian, put it like this. 
this winter and for the last three winters, winter is starting to become something to be feared again in the United Kingdom. And now more than ever in winter, we need Christmas. We need Christmas. And I agree with that historian. I want to share why. I think there's some different ways Brits, it's not just Brits, but tend to look for peace, to try and find peace in life in general. But you can see them here at Christmas as well. And I want to share them very briefly. The first reaction to the idea of, well, how could we possibly find peace in this messed up world is the Ebenezer Scrooge version. It's to say, ah, bah humbug, I give up. There is no peace. People are never going to get along. I give up. Better to be jaded and cynical and not disappointed. Have to say, that is such a British way of seeing things. We Americans like to be far more upbeat even when there's no real reason to. Because that might be actually the right thing. There's a lot wrong with this world. Maybe we should be jaded. Maybe we should be like Ebenezer Scrooge and just say, ah, to heck with it. Bah humbug. That's the great thing about Ebenezer Scrooge. He recognizes there is darkness in this world. And in Isaiah chapter 9, it recognizes that as well. This famous Christmas passage that was read, it says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. This was written 700 years before Jesus was born. This prophecy about a coming Messiah, Jesus. And it was written in a dark, dark time. The people uh, that Isaiah was writing to were facing judgment. They were facing Um, being exiles. It was the lowest of low points in their history. They thought probably it couldn't get any worse. A people walking in darkness. And it seems like not much has changed. So maybe we should just say bar humbug. Now I know you know that I don't believe that. Another... way to maybe find peace would be a bit like Santa Claus or Father Christmas, since I am in Southampton and not Virginia. Ah, Father Christmas. It's nice. If you know Michael McIntyre, you know you can start feeling Christmassy. Are you feeling Christmassy yet? It's nice. It's shiny. You can get a nice warm tingly feeling. It's magical maybe on Christmas Day, especially if you're a child. You look for things for, that are shiny. <laughs> you look for stuff you can get. If you eat enough food, drink enough wine or your alcoholic beverage of choice, and gather enough toys and trinkets around you, I'll feel better. The problem I always have is often, I mean, a question for you, what were the Christmas presents you were given two years ago? I think most of us struggle to remember. And that's partially, unless you were given something really special that's really ingrained in your mind. Because stuff doesn't last. It doesn't have a deep impact on us. It can maybe give us a bit of joy for a brief time, and then Christmas Day is over, and the food coma has set in, and you realize not much has actually changed in the world. 
We can try and fill the void where we don't feel peace in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives with things. And it's shiny, it looks nice, but it doesn't last. It's a bit like, Ed, can you toss me this lovely present? Beautiful, lovely, shiny, yes, nice. You'd like to see this under a tree and have your name written on it. And to be honest, a lot of commercial Christmas is like that. And you can start feeling Christmassy. But in the end, you can open it up and you can have all the excitement. And you can say like Michael McIntyre, it's a present on Christmas Day. But at the end of the day, it's a box. And whether you get a present actually with something in it or not, in the end, it hasn't dealt with the emptiness inside. It hasn't really brought true and lasting peace. Another way that's like the Father Christmas way is to say, I am going to fix it for myself. I'm going to make peace, inner peace, inner peace for myself in a hectic world. And you know, I have real beef with Father Christmas. I have a real problem with him. Isn't he creepy? Is it just me or is he creepy? He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good. So be good for goodness sake. I don't know about you, but it doesn't sound to me like actually Father Christmas gives gifts, does he? No. He gives performance-related bonuses, I would say. They're not gifts. And also, hands up if you've ever not gotten gifts from Father Christmas because you were actually bad. No one. My mother once was given coal in her stocking on Christmas Day because on Christmas Eve, she did something that ticked off her dad so much, he was like, I'm doing it. I'm putting coal, and there were no presents under the tree for her. Then he brought them out later. She was truly repentant. But <laughs> it's just legalism with Santa Claus, with Father Christmas, isn't it? You better be good. It's just a, a guilt trip to get children to behave. And a lot of us think that's what God is as well. He's just a cosmic CCTV up in the sky trying to make people be morally a bit better. But he's certainly not somebody I would want to have round for Christmas. I don't know about you, but I'm, I, I don't think a person who sneaks into houses is the top person I would invite round. I'm not sure I'd want to see Father Christmas after a couple of glasses of Merlot. He's distant. We'd like to mention him maybe when we would like some gifts. But that's about it. But frequently, we try and find peace by disciplining ourselves, by saying, if I can just do things better, if I'm just good, for goodness sake, if I just achieve these certain things, if I just believe in myself enough. But these are ultimately just piling on more things for you to do. They won't ultimately work. And that's why, Scrooge that I am, I say, ugh. Off you go with Father Christmas. That won't give me true peace. Whether it's a shiny, magical, Christmassy Christmas, 
or the be good for goodness sake Christmas. They don't give peace. I think real, true peace, the peace that's talked about in the Bible is a word called shalom. It doesn't just mean an absence of conflict. It doesn't just mean uh, everything being nice and still and quiet and ha ah, and drink your cup of tea. True peace, shalom peace in the Bible is actually requires taking what is broken and restoring it to wholeness again. And that's whether it's in our lives, in our relationships, in ourselves, in our world. True peace is restoring what is broken and making it whole again in our lives, in our relationships, and in our world. And the incredible thing we see at Christmas, the incredible thing we see in Isaiah chapter 9, it says in verse 6, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. The incredible thing is that the ultimate Christmas present, the Christmas present to begin all Christmas presents, was not shiny, certainly wasn't put under a tree. It had no wrapping or bows on it. It was nothing remarkable of Christmassy. But actually, it was a, a baby. It wasn't the latest gadget wrapped in the shiniest of paper, but it was God himself in his son come into the world wrapped in flesh. It wasn't a, a, a remarkable um, thing in that it, he didn't come storming in as a king and saying, everybody down on your knees. Hit the music, I'm coming. Instead he comes crying, a helpless infant, in the middle of the t nowhere in the Roman Empire. He doesn't come with power, he comes in meekness, completely vulnerable. Have you seen a, a, a newborn baby infant recently? They can't even hold their own heads up for crying out loud. And yet God chose to come this way into the world. A radically different way than I think either any one of us would have if we had had the option. And it says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. He's given. The incredible message of God is not that you can find peace or that you can buy peace on Amazon or John Lewis or wherever you're going to go shopping for Christmas presents. Maybe you go for the thrift and charity shop option as well. It's not that you could possibly ever afford it even if you were Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk. No. The gift God gives is himself. And it is a gift. It's given. It's for us to receive. And he comes into the world, Jesus, and he's uh, immediately persecuted by local government. He becomes a refugee and has to go to a foreign land and be the foreign kid, eating the weird, you know, 
lunch that every, all the other kids would be teasing him about and asking him why is his name so weird. He loses his father at an early age. And then he, he comes and he preaches and he teaches word where he brings in the outcasts and he challenges the religious leaders and hypocrites of his day. He's betrayed by one of his closest friends and tried in a hearing that is just an absolute mockery of any legal system. He goes to a cross and he dies on that cross. And this is the one who is wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. This is the one that's supposed to be, if you want to see what God is like, ta-da, this is the gift that's given. I want to suggest to you that if any God is worth truly taking serious and exploring whether he could possibly actually be there in this crazy world, it's the one you see in Jesus. While leaders of this world so often fail and use their power for their own benefit and don't seem to act wisely or for our good, here is Jesus, King of kings, Lord of lords, born in a manger. And it says, the great, uh, to us a child is born, verse 6, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. What does that mean? The government will be on his shoulders. And I'll end here. There was is an expectation of a king. This world is created by God and he is the king over it, but something has gone terribly wrong with it. And there's an expectation that there would be a king, a Messiah who would come, who would set things right. Set things right in this darkness of this world, the war, the, the famine, but also the darkness inside of ourselves. that he would take his rightful place, his rightful throne, he would rule the world, and he would rule it with peace and justice. And the incredible claim of Jesus is that when he comes into the world, he is taking our lives on his shoulders. God could have come in some, as an angel or some other way, but he comes as a human being. He experiences what it's like to be born, to be helpless, he experiences what it's like to be an outcast, a foreigner. He experiences what it's like to work, to eat, to laugh, to cry. And as he heals, and as he goes to the cross, he is bearing our lives on his shoulders. He is the ultimate God who can identify with us. And ultimately, his shoulders bore the weight of a Roman cross. And Jesus claimed to be bearing the weight of even our sin, the ways, the darkness inside of us, the ways in which we live and run after shiny objects instead of the true peace of God 
on himself. So that we can receive the ultimate gift, the gift of God, the gift of his son, the peace of forgiveness, and the peace that begins when you come to know him, the restoration in the whole of your life, and the call to restore this world. If you put your trust in Jesus, I'm not saying that everything suddenly becomes peaceful. But you have a true and certain peace of knowing. One, my God knows what this life is like. Two, I am forgiven. Three, I am loved. And four, peace is intricately connected to hope. And in Jesus, we have a true and certain hope. The government is on his shoulders. This world will be set right. It will be restored. And if the world is on his shoulders, then we can relax a bit and have the peace of knowing it's not on ours. Merry Christmas to you. I hope you find true peace this Christmas. Peace found not in shiny objects, not in the cynicism of Ebenezer Scrooge, but peace that's found in a person, and his name is Jesus. Amen.